1: Well, good afternoon. This is Carol Stanley here on K-L-A-Y 1180.com or in the greater Seattle area, 1180 on your AM dial. We are so pleased to be with you. What a gorgeous day. This is July and we love July weather around Seattle area because that's when summer finally shows up. Uh, Actually, you know what? We've had a great Summer uh, this year, in that we've had some good weather in June, which doesn't normally happen. And so, anyway, it's just, it's always a delight to see the sun out and shining. And it just reminds me so much of God's love and goodness. It's just great. I love it. The sun just brings me alive. And I know it does for so many people. So, how about you? Does the sunshine make you happy? It does me. I know. Well, as normal, Every Sunday, I love to start the day with a beautiful thing called Jesus Calling. It's my favorite devotional out of all the many, many that I have. But I want to share today and actually tomorrow's with you as well, because it just speaks to our hearts, right? So this is what the Lord says to us today. When you seek my face, put aside thoughts of everything else. I am above all as well as in all. Your communion with me transcends both time and circumstances. Be prepared to be blessed bountifully by my presence, for I am a God of unlimited abundance. Open wide your heart and mind to receive more and more of me. When your joy in me meets my joy in you, there are fireworks of heavenly ecstasy. This is eternal life here and now a tiny foretaste of what awaits you in the life to come now you see only a poor reflection as in a mirror but then you will see me face to face i love that because um it's true i i really i really think we only see as in a a really kind of almost dull mirror right now we we think we have it all together we think we know the lord we think we think we think but it's not it doesn't become real and vivid, and absolutely mind blowing, if you will, uh, in our awareness until we are home in heaven, seeing Him face to face, and our loved ones that have gone before us. Uh, so anyway, John fifteen eleven says this: "I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete." He loves us so much, and his we were meant for, for pleasing him, right? Not for pleasing ourselves, but for pleasing him. Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Of course, that's First Corinthians thirteen twelve. I love these scriptures because, oh my gosh, there's so many things I could share with you today. I have a dear friend who is dying of a brain tumor and it grieves my heart greatly but watching her go through this has been an incredible blessing to me in that I am getting a glimpse of what it's like to go through the death process or the dying process if you will uh in in just the unique way she's going through it we all go through uniquely I truly believe that but it's just um it's been a very interesting process, and it brings you to a much clearer state of faith when you go through these things with dear beloved ones. And I think God intended for us to go through them with each other so that we would learn, continually learn and grow Uh, I want to read tomorrow's to you as well. It says, Stop worrying long enough to hear my voice. I speak softly to you in the depths of your being. And that's exactly what my friend experiences. Your mind shuttles back and forth, hither and yon, weaving webs of anxious confusion. And she's also going through that. As my thoughts rise up within you, they become entangled in those sticky webs of worry. Thus, my voice is muffled, and you hear only white noise. Ask my spirit to quiet your mind so that you can think my thoughts. This ability is an awesome benefit of being my child, patterned after my own image. Do you not, or pardon me, do not be deafened by the noise of the world or that of your own thinking. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind Sit quietly in my presence, letting my thoughts program your thinking. So true. Don't be conformed, the Lord has told us in his scripture. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 2. You know, again, it's just been such a blessing to walk with my friend who is in that process of dying. She wants to go home and God hasn't taken her yet. So she has these moments of, of lack of patience. And don't we all do that stuff? We sure do. But it's so important to know that renewing your mind in the truth, regardless of what's going on around you, is so comforting, and it's so important. Those of us who love this woman so dearly are constantly reminding her of the truth with scriptural uh, truth. Again, renewing your mind in really good, positive, biblically-based things is, boy, it just can lift you so high and keep you upright, if you will, in your faith walk, regardless of what you're going through. And I pray to God that I can, in my last weeks months days hours whatever that i can do that continue to do that as well um i want to share with you a little bit from our our my pastor at uh, family life community church our, he's going through this thing called be different set yourself don't be don't be like the rest of the world set we are all set apart and i love that uh we cuz we are like foreigners in a in a land we are aliens right not because we look different or not because again we're all God's children so in that we're all the same but the thing is when you know the Lord and you have him in your heart it does set you apart it absolutely does and don't be afraid to allow it to set you apart and be dare to be that loving different in this world that we are called to be in we are experiencing so much Oh my gosh, there's no other way to say this. So much crap right now in the world. Oh my goodness. People are becoming so culturalized that I think their brains have fallen out. Oh, I uh, it it only when you know God and his spirit resides in you, do you see things differently. You know, you can't be all about loving babies and think that abortion is is not murder. I mean, good grief. In fact, we're going to talk about some of those things with our incredible guest today. But uh, it's so important that we live in God's obedience, not slip back into our old ways, right? Be holy in all. God calls us through First Peter. Be holy in all you do, right? Be holy because God is holy. And we're not talking about behavior modification. We're talking about heart transformation. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the path to living holy. Now, just wrap your brain around that for a sec. Knowing Christ is the path to living holy. Remember that God is the standard of holiness. Be, I love the the Greek that says hagios, be set apart, be different. Hagios is what the Greek word for holy is, and it means to be set apart, different, pure we the church are the called out ones. We are st- on purpose called to bring the light of Christ into the dark situations we encounter. And that comes through love. Uh, I heard a, a thing on <laughs> TV the other day that was all about the spirit of deception and the spirit of just some of the crap that comes down right now in our society. And we get we get around that stupid spirit, not by binding him in Jesus name even though that works with many spirits but do that certainly but walk in love and walk right through and around that crummy spirit and God's love his light does so much for us it absolutely makes that big difference remember the price he paid for you his precious blood and spend time hanging out with him right to glorify God by enjoying him forever, that denotes action. You want to spend time with him and enjoy him. I just love some of those thoughts that Pastor brought through this morning. And so anyway, what what I want you to just focus on is how loving and wonderful God is, that he has your back. He is there for you. Absolutely. He, he created you. He sees you as faultless, as Ephesians 1.4 says, he sees you as faultless. Our job is to gracefully live into what he sees in us, that what he has created us to be and he sees in us, that's called being awesome. And of course, you know that that's the title of my new book, Born to be Awesome, because you truly were. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to a fabulous guest, Mr. James Volbrock. So, we'll be right back.
0: That special touch of God's excellence in you. That special touch of God's excellence in you. That special touch of God's excellence in you. Ooh.
1: Have you ever heard that sales is a numbers game and that in order to get more yeses, you have to get more noes? I am Carol Stanley, and I teach business owners how to increase their sales up to 300% with our program called Bank. If you're ready to turn those noes to yeses and make more money in less time, then come and talk to me. I'm Carol Stanley. You can reach me at carol at voiceperformancecoach.com or call me at 253 951 Have you ever wanted a second chance to make a great first impression? Have the jitters taken you out when speaking publicly to a crowd or even a few people? Would you like to know more how to present with confidence and presence? I invite you to go to that special touch of excellence.coachesconsole.com to receive a free gift and click on the products to register for the transformational program that suits you best. I look forward to working with you to make you shine with brilliance. Catherine listens and guides you in developing a personal and financial plan that reflects your values and goals, and she is easy to talk with. Contact Catherine Evans at kevans.com at StrategicsoundSolutions.com or call her at 253-861-2959. Again, that's Kay Evans at StrategicsoundSolutions.com or call her at 253-861-2959.
0: That special touch of God's excellence in you special touch of God's excellence in you. That special touch of God's
1: excellence in you. Well, we're back, and oh my goodness, I'm going to punch the button in about two seconds here to introduce you to James Volbrocht. I just love this man, uh, and I will for sure. Be sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But I want you to know this. James has been a speaker and author on the topic of how to create a thriving culture for kids for over 25 years. James has been the keynote speaker for National Boys and Girls Clubs conferences, for Governor's conferences, State of Illinois Educational Conference, and numerous other national and regional conferences. James is the author of seven books. His book, Stopping at Every Lemon Aid Stand, How to Create a Culture That Cares for Kids, published by Viking Penguin. This book shares inspirational stories from everyday people across North America on how individuals, Neighborhoods, Communities, and National Policies Can Transform the Culture. His newest book, just hot off the press, is The Grand Design. It's a picture poem story of the celebration a child, of a child who awakens in the mother's womb, uh, womb on his journey to be born. It tells the story from the child's perspective in the womb. Welcome, James.
2: Well, howdy. Hi, Carol.
1: Howdy, James. James, would you pronounce your last name? I want to be sure that I'm honoring your name.
2: Uh, Volbrock.
1: Volbrock. So I was right. All right. Cool. (laughs) Jawohl. Jawohl. All right. Oh, you know what? Uh, Patricia, uh, oh gosh, uh, Conan. Is it Conan? Yes, Patricia, introduced me to your latest book, The Grand Design, and I was so impressed. Oh, cool. It is the most beautifully beautifully illustrated and um oh gosh just you know laid out book i just dearly love it 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 is so beautifully done i could go on and on and on but you know what i want to go back and Um, so many people have you know all these solutions on how to help our kids right and oh my goodness the school districts are going in many cases certainly in the Seattle area going ballistically off the charts in a wrong direction in many of our opinions but so there's all these opinions out there but what's been your experience on how to approach correctly help truly helping our kids
2: well I'm I'm really glad you asked that question, because lately I've been listening to people argue on television, and I want to start yelling at them and say, folks, uh, we've got to put this into perspective. Amen and, to that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
2: Yeah, you know, and and really we've got to ask the key question, what is our goal? Well, what are we trying to do? And one of the ways that I like to present it is if you consider number one, let's say that you've got a group of kids that are swimming in a beautiful lake, and the role of the adult is to protect them, and that's always been the role of the adult, is to protect our kids' innocence, until, as the romantic poets used to put it, they move into experience, yes. because eventually they're going to move into experience. So, number one, that's one model, and i to come back to that in a minute, but some of the kids are going to slip underneath the ropes, and they're going to start swimming away from the protected area. Uh, let's say they're headed towards a river, and that river's headed towards a waterfall, and we know those kids are going to get caught in the white water, and so we're throwing life jackets and life preservers to them because we know they're coming, and we know some kids are going to go over the waterfall, and we've got ambulances down at the bottom waiting for them. And basically, I've just laid out three different models of how to approach our kids. The ambulances at the bottom our rehabilitation, kids that have gone over the deep end or off the deep end. We've got, we've got intervention, where we're throwing life jackets out to them, and then we move to the protected area where it's got boundaries. That's commonly being called prevention. But what I'd like to suggest is that there's another model, and that's promotion. And our question is, what is it that we want to promote? What do we want our kids to experience at school and in their neighborhoods and in their community life. And to me, that's when we start working at the headwaters, when we actually start changing the culture.
1: Wow, I love I love what you just, I love the picture you just shared because, again, we do really well with word pictures, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. And the human the human mind does really well. That's why Jesus did such an incredible job of teaching us that through the parables. He knew exactly how to communicate really well with um, all people, really. But I just love that. So, um, wow. So the promotion, if you will, is we want to promote healthy, boundary-driven, um,
2: what? <laughs> well, I would—I—I'll I, just jump right in. Yeah, yeah, please. Su- yeah, what I'd suggest is what we really want to do is we want to create virtuous kids.
1: Yeah. And yes.
2: And i you know—it's important for them to have values, but virtue is much more of an inner thing. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a sense of kindness, of, of of compassion, of courage, of being authentic to yourself, of having a connection um, with something greater than yourself. And we've gotten so far afield from the headwaters, when you read even the Founding Fathers, they continue yes. they come back to having that connection with something above yourself, you know, higher than yourself, um, divine providence. And we have strayed so far away, I'd suggest. America is such a great country that we, ret- if we return to focusing on teaching and you know, helping kids experience virtue, which they innately who they innately are, which is virtuous beings, it's a game changer. Um, oh, yeah. We begin to really alter the culture. If not, we're just kind of fiddling around on the outside, kind of fine tuning it, throwing money at programs, throwing money at professionals, when really we need to be focusing on um, providing kids with opportunities to experience their, their inner virtues.
1: I totally agree, and we've gotten so far away from biblical truth. Which is where you're going to find the strongest, best virtue of all. Um, mm-hmm. So, so James, in your book "Stopping at Every Lemonade Stand," you talk about relationships as the key. So, can you expand on that? What do you mean?
2: Yeah, well, you know, the uh, throughout school when I went to school, you know, there were the three R's, right? Read, yeah. Reading, writing, arithmetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to suggest that there's a fourth R. It's, it's relationships, Ooh, and right. All the read and write and arithmetic is great, but once you have established a relationship with someone meaningful in your life, um then your education, then your community connections, then your neighborhood connections, they all then become significant. And um I worked with an organization, research organization for quite a long time in which we asked thousands of kids all across North America how many stars we called them significant, as an acronym for significant trusted adult resources Did they have in their lives. Mm. And our research was saying that they really needed three. They needed three to four. And most kids in the last, well, it was 20 years ago when we started this research project, we're pointing, we're, we're saying that they had less than one significant trusted adult resource that they could go to. So what's happened in the last, one of the things that we don't realize is that in the last um, 60, 70 years, more change has occurred than in the last 5,000 years. And we're attempting to deal with things so quickly. Relationships are dissolving. Um, kids are going on a disconnect. Adults going on a disconnect. People don't know their neighbors. I mean, we could go on and on, but it all boils down to, relationships with those around you, and then even just as important is a relationship with something higher than yourself.
1: Absolutely. Um, I totally agree. And you and I both know as strong believers that it is so important to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, which now the Holy Spirit opened your eyes to stuff that you didn't necessarily see before. And the relationship that that we as trusted adult, uh, you know, people, if you will, that trusted adult resource should, again, build that relationship of love with those kids and really uh, lifting them. You know, being a mentor is seeing the better, more in the person than they can see in themselves. And I'm all over being a good mentor. That's what I do as a coach all the time. And So I I so agree. I I had a wonderful experience, James, with an educator that is all into the uh, brain-friendly training, which I am very much into as well. And he literally turned a whole group of kids in Chicago around. They were the bottom of the bottom. Nobody wanted to teach them. They were just, you know, they were throwaways in, in the school's eyes, even though they would never admit that, right? And he took those kids on, and he used the brain-friendly training, but more importantly, he built relationship with them, and he couched, he immediately couched uh, his position around a story of the orphans in Romania. And the bottom line of that was that the touch was so important that those kids who maybe weren't diapered or fed all that much, but that were held and loved and touched, lived. The ones who were diapered and fed, but not touched, died. All right. So, so he, he built this thing, and so he said, okay, a poof and a smile every day. I'm going to be at that door, and we're going to fist pump and smile every day going in and coming out. And he became, because he realized he had to become the trusted, uh, the significant trusted adult resource in each of those kids' lives. And he totally, then using the music and using all the stuff that he did, he totally brought those kids up to A's, and nobody could believe it. But he did, because they were truly, they wanted to learn, but they didn't know how, and they didn't have people around them to, that were willing to, because the school rule was you don't touch, right? Well, no, he he, right. he had to, he became that trusted advisor, and I just love it, because it's so true. The relationship is everything. When those kids leave the classroom, they're constantly fist bumping and patting each other and bumping shoulders, and they're touching, they're touching.
2: Yeah, they're 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 connected. And, they're connected, and, yeah. And in my book, um, the Grand Design, which is, I'm I'm glad that you like it. It's I
1: love it. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah.
2: It, it's 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 so perfect for expectant mothers because it's about the relationship between the mother and the child and and what's going on magically behind the scenes and and that relationship um, needs to continue. And uh, my book, Stopping at Every Lemonade Stand, is kind of like a chicken soup for this whole book, where I've drawn from stories of people across the country who have built strong, powerful relationships with kids at school and their communities and their neighborhoods. I love it. from the grandmother um, in Chicago, she came up to me at a, at a I gave a, a, a talk in Chicago, and she said, you know, I go out every day, and I, I walk down the streets, these gang in the streets, and I hand out candy to the, to the gang bangers." and she said, "All her, her name was Ruth, and all her friends are saying, Ruth, are you nuts? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: You know, you're walking into the lion's den, and she said, you know what, she said, these kids, I love these kids, and they wait for me to come because they are so thirsty to have an adult connection, an adult relationship. And I give them candy. And she said, now, everywhere I go, I'm totally protected. And I'm not I'm not trying to put a Pollyannish uh, thing on it. It doesn't always go that great. But she stepped out of her comfort zone and reached out to kids who Desperately needed a connection other than a uh, a, a smartphone. Oh, and, amen. Yes. Yeah, and it worked beautifully for her. And, and you know, and I, I grew up in Seattle, and and uh, when I was doing a, a workshop in Seattle, I was in I grew up in, close to the U District. I was so moved. I had a a Seattle woman who worked with homeless kids, and she told me that there was you know there was one boy just got her. You know, there's some kids that you just fall in love with it automatically. You yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, there's a
1: con- there's a connection immediately. Yes, I totally get you. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's an immediate connection. And she said she did everything she could for him. And But what she told me was so moving. She said one day he didn't show up, and mm. then the next day he didn't show up. And she knew something bad had happened, and he overdosed. Oh, no. And, but what she told me was so important. She said he needed to be adored. She said she wanted to hold him uh, in her lap and just adore him, and, and that's what—that's what he needed. He needed that connection. So, getting oh back to God. the whole notion of yes. relationships and connection um, is really what education is all about. And then we can then we can begin fostering and growing those inner virtues.
1: Oh, that is so beautiful, James. We're going to take another quick break, but I want to continue this when we come back. Bless okay. you. Okay, be, come right back, folks. <laughs> Have you ever heard that sales is a numbers game and that in order to get more yeses, you have to get more noes? I am Carol Stanley, and I teach business owners how to increase their sales up to 300% with our program called Bank. If you're ready to turn those noes to yeses and make more money in less time, then talk to me. I'm Carol Stanley. You can reach me at carol at voiceperformancecoach.com or call me at 253-951-951. Have you ever wanted a second chance to make a great first impression? Have the jitters taken you out when speaking publicly to a crowd or even a few people? Would you like to know more how to present with confidence and presence? I invite you to go to thatspecialtouchofexcellence.coachesconsole.com to receive a free gift and click on the products to register for the transformational program that suits you best. I look forward to working with you to make you shine with brilliance. Catherine listens and guides you in developing a personal and financial plan that reflects your values and goals, and she is easy to talk with. Contact Catherine Evans at kevans.com at StrategicsoundSolutions.com or call her at 253-861-2959. Again, that's Kay Evans at StrategicsoundSolutions.com or call her at 253-861-2959.
0: That special touch of God's excellence in you Special touch of God's excellence in you. That special touch of God's
1: excellence. Well, in we're you. back and we're just having a wonderful chat, really, with James, author and speaker James Volbrocht. And James, you, I just dearly love uh, the work that I've experienced of your uh, authorship, if you will. And we've been talking a lot about, um, again, it's about relationship with the kids because your focus is, is children. So there's been so many shifts in our culture. What are they that you see and what should parents do? You know, what, how, how can parents really, really help?
2: Oh, uh, that is such a great question. Uh, there's some really such profound shifts have occurred, and I and uh, let me just go through some of them. Sure. In 1950, 50% of all American homes had grandparents in or near the home. So in 1950, extended family was intact for half of the population. Now, I'm not going to say that it was a uh, leave it to beaver family <laughs> for, for everybody, but if you were in trouble, if you needed a support system, Throughout history, it's been extended family, that it's been there for you. Um, today, that's less than 10% of folks have extended family in or near the home. So the number one support system is literally broken down. And, and what that tells me is that we need to mobilize as, as neighbors, community members, uh, to reach out and connect with our kids. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
2: And then the, the, the other big shift has been to... From neighborhoods uh, rife with activity and connection to literally turning into desert wastelands. So, and I have a question for you, Carol, to. Sure, sure. And your audience to think back to when. You were growing up. What was your neighborhood like? What was happening in your neighborhood? What what, what were the kids doing? Were they inside? Were they outside? Were they, what, what was
1: happening? You know what? I can answer that question for you in that I grew up in the uh, 50s, right? And mm-hmm. 50s and 60s, and... We played outside. Holy cow! Yeah. We we played outside till mom called us in. Sometimes it was already dark by the time because I exactly. grew up in in Phoenix, Arizona, and you know we would play outside, and then you know it would start to be dusk, and it was dinner time, and all of us were waiting for our moms to call us in because none of us wanted to go in, right? No, we we we. I mean, we got so creative. I. Oh my goodness! I was the kid who, you know, was doing the, the the sheets on the clothesline and creating plays and having my friends, you know, yeah. do stuff. I mean, we yeah, we played outside a lot.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. My dad used to. I used to. I grew up by Green Lake, and and my dad used to stand out on the front porch and whistle. And then, okay, there's there's Easy Ad. He's, he's telling us it's time to come back home. And we're we're right in the middle of the most exciting game that we were ever playing, which is hide and go seek at night. Oh yeah, just, yeah, which you just couldn't beat. <laughs> so that's what big that's another big shift that's occurred. And we'd go next door and borrow a couple of eggs.
1: Oh, absolutely, so, or a cup of sugar, whatever you were. Whatever it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You were friends with your neighbors, and every every there were families all around you. I mean, that was the norm. Uh mm-hmm. Mom, dad, yeah. kids. Mom, dad, yeah. kids.
2: Yeah, yeah, And what the data is now telling us is that like 70% of kids in neighborhoods in time of crisis don't know a neighbor well enough to go ask for help. And so one of my recommendations for parents is consciously seek out connections, not only for your kids that are positive role models, but uh, somebody in the neighborhood that they can connect up with as well, because it, it's just not happening. Wow. Um,
1: That's tragic. You know what? It really is. Um uh, Oh, it just breaks my heart. And yet, you know, in the neighborhood where I live, it's a lovely neighborhood, but it's changed over the years from the standpoint, a bunch of young families, and it was, again, all families, you know, and kids were out playing and doing their thing, to now it's mostly retired people in that neighborhood. And mm-hmm. now there's a tendency not to go knock on the door and introduce yourself and, you know, get to All right. I mean, it really, we've become very isolated. Uh, and and I, I, I yeah, Mike and I tend to want to go meet our neighbors anyway. He's out in the yard and doing his thing, right? And so that tends to, when you're outside, you can tend to meet up with your neighbors a little easier.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. And, go ahead. And,
2: and that's, 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 the next big shift which well there's actually a couple more but that's from connection to disconnection and because I want to I, I want to focus on what's right and, and rather than what's wrong um, our kids and what all the data is telling us is that their focus on technology and and their phones and everything else is actually leading to a higher sense of loneliness and not only in kids but adults and so well, unfortunately, we have, I'm going to come up with a solution here, so hang hang with me. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Unfortunately, we've got age-segregated uh, uh, cultures now where we've got um, retired folks living in one place, and we've got kids growing up somewhere else kind of in isolation. And how do we do that? How do we overcome that? And one of the most innovative ideas I've heard is that they have early childhood schools right next to senior citizen communities, and these kids go visit the senior citizens in, in the retirement homes, and they it's a win-win, you know, all, all across the board.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I spent 20 years caring for my mom and dad. Mom had Alzheimer's, and uh, I, you know, brought them up to Seattle from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and <clears throat> the first five years they were in my home, I was caring for him, and my health went down <laughs> down the tube, so I, I wound up needing uh, to get some help. But anyway, long and the short of that is, I so saw what was going on with this isolation, and I worked very hard to keep my dad very involved and in, you know, working with the he was a fabulous musician and, uh, oh. and got him hooked up with the uh, organ club, you know, uh, big theater pipe organ club in uh, Seattle and continued because he was always so active and so involved and he kept playing professionally. And so I kept, you know, I, I but I wanted him in community Because dad needed that because of mother's illness and all kinds of things, right? Because he was really struggling. And, oh, my gosh. And then, like, you know, once mother had to be placed in in a a series of different homes, really, uh, depending on how her, her health was going. But anyway, the long and the short was I saw how isolated those people were and how much, how desperately they needed. They just lit up when kids would come in and it's you're right it is so important Then the absolute nonsense of us separating even right. though in our culture ugh, it's cuz i i lived it it's it's really difficult to care for a very ill uh, whether it's mental illness or physical and and with alzheimer's it becomes both but it's so difficult caring for that parent and still um you know having your business and raising your own family and yada 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 our culture does not lean into or tend to you know we don't have siblings around us to help out i was totally isolated and alone and um so
2: and and that's go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no
1: you go (laughs) ahead. this is your interview
2: (laughs) okay well you know that's one of the big things is that when you go when we go on a disconnection like that, if we look at indigenous cultures, um, the senior citizens or the elders were were the fountains of wisdom. Yes. And, oh yes and young people would go to them for for mentoring and for for knowledge and for they were respected and honored. And now I think so many senior citizens just feel like they're castaways and yes. they don't feel like yes. they have a contribution. Or, or a role to play anymore.
1: Oh, I so agree with you. <coughs> so, what, in your opinion, <coughs> can we do? Do you think to help that?
2: You, well, you know what—the the mobilization of—if if, if I were king of the world and, and, I, and I, was, I was running a school, I would have a school. Uh, let me let me make my final shift, and then, and then, and then we'll talk about this. Okay. <coughs> We have got to go from treating kids as objects to seeing kids as resources. We have so many kids who are really, really great kids. Now, if you watch the 6 o'clock news, you wouldn't believe it <laughs> because right. everything's bad. And I, I can't even imagine being, an, being a, 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 a broadcaster. I'd want to go home and start drinking or something after, <laughs> <laughs> after oh. the 6 6- o'clock. Six o'clock news. <laughs> You're yeah, right. Mean, oh, my God, are things this bad? And, <laughs> and they're not. They really aren't. We have so many kids who want to make a difference, and they have incredible compassion, and they, and, and they want to help. And I've been targeting and following these kids all around the world who, who are making differences in their own backyards. They just need the permission to be cut loose and the support from an adult uh, to, to create a program there, and they come up with incredibly innovative ideas, and they're there. But yes. We have not turned to them and said, How do you want to help? And so that would. Or
1: what one. do you really want? You know, that's the yeah. other thing. Uh, in other words, some of these kids, like you say, they're absolutely awesome, and they were born to be awesome, which is, of course, the title of my new book. But I, oh my goodness, I so agree with you, James. And these kids, uh, if if we were to just really turn back to them and say, okay, you know, the the virtues are here, and what what would you kids really, what would really, in your view, what would you, how would you like to see us approach this? Mm-hmm. And let them and, be involved. Yeah, go ahead.
2: And well, you know, and that's why I shifted a lot of my work from presenting to adult audiences across across North America to. Focusing on youth um, because they weren't being invited to the party. Uh, and what all the research is, t- and what we would do is, we would run these uh, day-long workshops and and with teams of ten from different schools. And our focus was always on inviting kids who were not at the either end of the spectrum. You've got the high-performing, high-achieving kids that are getting tons of attention. Okay, okay, right. I'm I'm good with that, and I'm I'm really happy. And they're invited as well. Then you've got kids on the other end of the spectrum that are getting a lot of attention, but you've got a lot of kids in the middle who 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 haven't quite found a role and don't quite know where they're going. And so we will invite them to a day long workshop where they would figure out a service project that they could do at school or in the community that wouldn't involve busing or a lot of money or you know mm-hmm. a lot of effort. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the the research is fascinating is that if you perform a kind act for someone, um, they can measure it. Endorphins are released uh, into your brain. You know, you get the happy. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. But it
2: also affects the person that you do the small act of kindness for. And the cool thing is it triangulates because it also affects the person who's observing the kind act that's occurring. And so service, becomes, to me, becomes one of the main ways to build virtues. Um, within our kids. And what the data is also telling us is that youth who are involved in a service project um, two to three times a month, their high-risk behaviors just drop dramatically because they now feel valued, they feel important, they feel capable, um, and and they're being initiated, so to speak, into the adult society, which we have lost the whole sense of how to integrate our kids into. Right,
1: right oh I we're gonna keep this going James you <laughs> we're gonna okay. keep this going but we're gonna take another quick break and we'll be right back okay
0: excellence in you that special touch of God's excellence in you that special touch of God's excellence in you
1: Have you ever heard that sales is a numbers game? And that in order to get more yeses, you have to get more noes? I am Carol Stanley, and I teach business owners how to increase their sales up to 300% with our program called Bank. If you're ready to turn those noes to yeses and make more money in less time, then come and talk to me. I'm Carol Stanley. You can reach me at carol at voiceperformancecoach.com or call me at 253-951-951. Have you ever wanted a second chance to make a great first impression? Have the jitters taken you out when speaking publicly to a crowd or even a few people? Would you like to know more how to present with confidence and presence? I invite you to go to thatspecialtouchofexcellence.coachesconsole.com to receive a free gift and click on the products to register for the transformational program that suits you best. I look forward to working with you to make you shine with brilliance. Catherine listens and guides you in developing a personal and financial plan that reflects your values and goals, and she is easy to talk with. Contact Catherine Evans at kevans.com at StrategicsoundSolutions.com or call her at 253-861-2959. Again, that's Kay Evans at StrategicsoundSolutions.com or call her at 253-861-2959.
0: That special touch of God's excellence in you that special touch of God's excellence in you
1: that special touch well of we're back and we're just I tell you James I have had such a good time talking with you today you are such a delight oh my goodness uh I yeah I just I'm so glad
2: <laughs> that I got
1: hooked so up with you yeah. wow so we've been talking all around some of the subject matter in your books and uh, your focus now on really speaking to these kids and encouraging them, you talk, we're, you've been we've been talking about the power of a relationship and acts of kindness and really, really empowering our kids. So you've talked, you know, you speak about the most important relationship. What is that?
2: Well, the most important relationship.
1: following them for years. And you're right. It's uh we cannot ignore uh <clears throat> the the power of knowing the Lord and allowing that to absolutely change us. You know, our society wants us to keep it all private and very, you know, hush hush and under wraps. But the thing is it's meant to be public. It's in, in love and in doing those acts of kindness and exhibiting the virtues but it all stems from that relationship with Christ you've got to have it and it's it's key it's one of the key things of getting you know knowing who you are and exactly. it's it, your everything revolves around that and finding finding your god-given purpose oh boy it's so so important so your current focus you know your current focus is these kids is it not Tell, tell me oh, more yeah. about your
2: current I'm focus so, I'm, so glad, I'm so glad you asked <laughs> yes yes it, it's so exciting um we're just we're we're just starting a nonprofit and it's it's called uh kids culture you can find it at www.kids-culture.com. dot com and on there you'll find the books that I've shared with you the grand design the story of the child within the mother's womb which uh, you know it, it's beautiful. I, 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 I love that
1: book. Oh, yeah. James, everybody on the planet needs to see that book. It's uh, beautiful. I mean that. You know, I saw a thing on Facebook the other day that just grieved my heart. It's this guy sitting behind this counter and this big banner in front of him says, you know, abortion is not murder, and he goes on, and I couldn't get past that first line. You know, it was like, yeah. really? You've got to be freaking kidding me.
2: Yeah, you need to see yeah, James' that, book. Yeah, it, begs, it always begs the question, and and, And this is like a, people who have read it said it's like a meditation for them. It is. It's beautiful. And on on this website is also my Lemonade Stand book. Oh, good. this This is what we're doing, is that we want to start recognizing kids all around the world who are performing small acts of kindness. And we call it the Golden Circle Award. And you can nominate one and and like I said, it'll be up and running in six weeks. You can visit the website now, it's all laid out, we just don't have the nonprofit status yet. You can nominate a kid and we will send them a golden circle award and then contact their local media and say, do you know this cool thing that so and so is doing in your own backyard? And we want to start highlighting this is working at the headwaters, you know, back to the model again the headwaters of what kids are doing right rather than what they're doing wrong. So oh, that I love it. So that begins to become uh, daily, uh, daily news. We've got a kid doing a great thing right here in Green Lake and right here in Burien and right here, you know, wherever, in Zimbabwe, and they're transforming the culture that I've collected already. We've had, well, we ask kids to uh, do a video and tell us about what they're doing. I've collected hundreds of videos already. Of, I love it. Kids doing incredible things.
1: Wow. Again, because children are masterpieces. I've got a piece of music that I want to play here That is that so says exactly what you're all about. Cool. And so I'm going to do that, and then we're going to wrap this up.
2: Okay. All
1: right. All right. This is called Masterpiece. You made my
0: whole being. You formed me in my mother's body, and you saw my bones being formed as I took shape in my mother's womb. When I was put together there, you saw my body as it was formed. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. Before you had a name or opened up your eyes, Delicate in size, secluded in God's safe and hidden place. With your now you're growing up your life's a miracle every time i look at you i stand in awe because i see in Just be the masterpiece he created. the days planned for me were written in your book before I was even one day old. What you have done is wonderful. I know this very well.
1: I dearly love that piece of music, and I recorded it some time ago, but it just so fits what you're all about, James.
2: That's beautiful, yeah.
1: And so... People out there, we've had this incredible chat with Mr. James Volbrocht. and you've got to get his books. You've just got, but you know what? More importantly, go to www.kids-culture.com and partake in the new nonprofit to really reach out and help kids. It's about helping them to see how God sees them. And that they are—they are valuable. They do have worth. They do have a contribution to make. Wow. I mean, I just—I could go on all day, James. Oh,
2: I know. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. It's so excited to hear someone excited about it because it's—these are the kids. They're going to change the culture, and that's what we need. They're going to do it.
1: Absolutely. Go to that website. James, thank you for today so much. God bless General, you in your work.
2: God bless you. Thanks so much. Thank
1: you. Bye bye for now. Bye
2: bye.